Adam Cravens, and Jane Ellen watch more movies each month than most people do in a year. Parental Guidance suggested reviews new movies in theaters with no spoilers promise. These film nerds know their stuff. Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And we've spoken of it many times, but now we're going to follow through. We're going to go back in time. Technically, we're going Back to the Future, I assume. Yes. Unless you're talking about the documentary that's based on Back to the Future that came out a couple of years ago. Which I also watched. Or the Huey Lewis song that I'm I'm certain you were, yes. you were seeing. Okay. Yes. So, for those who are unfamiliar, Back to the Future came out July 4th weekend of 1985. Cost $19 million to make. Ended up making $210 million domestic. $388 million globally. Which, uh, again... That's a if, lot. Well, that's it was enough that as recently as 10 to 15 years ago, it was still in the top 25 highest grossing films of all time. Mind you, this is not an adjusted, just the, the 210, like before, and I, I really think this has a lot to do with, you know, uh, obviously having charging $16 for a ticket or 3D or any mm-hmm. of that, eventually it's a lot easier. And I'm not saying I don't have a movie that's grossed a billion dollars. But I, but I think it's a little bit easier now to get to, you know, 200, 300 million. When you think about it and understand that, you know, movies cost $5 if you weren't watching the matinee. Mm-hmm. And you think about the fact that, you know, domestically, it can get to $200 million or worldwide, it can get to four or $500 million. Like, that's a ridiculous sum of money. Like, I almost think sometimes attendance needs to be the thing that they track and not necessarily mm-hmm. like the dollars on it. But uh, no one, and I mean no one, cares what I think. <laughs> so that is not, that's, that's, that's not happened. I care. Well, one person. <laughs> yes, I care. So. Back to the Future has resonated with so many people. One of my favorite people, my good friend, dare I say, because I talk to him on Twitter all the time. He doesn't answer, but I put it out there. John Mulaney. John Mulaney, one of the funniest men alive. He has done a bit about Back to the Future and what that meeting was like when they talked about the story. And named it and had the whole weird mother-son thing happening. And There's, I mean, like, if you, if you have never heard me talk about it before, Back to the Future is my favorite film ever made. Like, I, I had VHS tapes of it that I wore out. Like, I, I own the Laserdisc. Like, I own the digital version. I own the DVD. I already have the 4K version. Like, pre like if it exists... There's chance that, like, I've got the cartoon series mm-hmm. on DVD. I have the VHS that I recorded them from Saturday mornings whenever they initially wow. aired on. Like, I'm a Back to the Future super fan. Yes. And um, I remember seeing it in the theater, and it was one of those movies where, well, I didn't know anything about it. I guess I'd seen a trailer, I guess, maybe. Didn't know anything about it, and walked out with just that was so delightful. And. Nothing predictable and fun and all manner of things. I was just so ha- the movie made me happy. I mean the the screenplay itself, even in some classes or lectures that do teach that, they use that because they just said it's essential. It's it's a just a perfectly tightened screen. Like there's information they are feeding you at the beginning of the film, and it's not in that 
oh, this, th- there's a lot of TV shows that like even you and I will discuss and you're just sitting there going, that information, the, the only reason they are mentioning that is because this has to be important in 40 minutes or 20 mm-hmm. minutes or whatever. Back to the Future throws all of this stuff out. It sets up jokes an hour before they happen and pays them off. And it didn't do it in a way that you're like, oh, well, that that has to be what what theirs for. That 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 must be what it's for. And like, I, I have watched this movie. I, I'm going to say at least like a thousand times mm-hmm. since I was I, I was five when the movie came out. But it has it, it gave me a lifelong fascination with time, time travel. travel. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I was in. There was time travel. Like. All you had to do was mention the word time, when X-Men Days of Future Past. I, I was already into the X-Men, but I was like, wait, what? Wolverine now, time travel? Now, I'm sure you knew this, but Christopher Lloyd so brilliantly played Doc Brown. But, of course, he wasn't the only one who auditioned for it. No, John Lithgow. Jeff Goldblum. Was all, to both of And I have imagined those movies uh, in my... Uh, Eric Stoltz was also your... Uh, Alternate Michael, or not Michael, our alternate Marty McFly Mm -hmm. when Michael J. Fox's schedule proved too complicated because of family ties. Now, at the time, you have to think that there were not all that many television channels. Family ties was huge. It was what uh, Friends was in like, you know, the the late 90s, early 2000s. And so he's the star. And even though he looks like a kid. He was, what, 20-something. And so Michael J. Fox would just do both at the same time. And thank goodness he did. And I think that even what even put more pressure on that, uh, Meredith Baxter Burney, who was also one of the co-leads, she was one of the parents. Uh, Michael J. Fox, his character had kind of, like, come to the head of it. But I believe she was also pregnant at that point. So they had kind of lessened her role on mm-hmm. it. So not only could they not... Like, A, he's he's the star of the sitcom. He's in roughly every scene. The co-lead that he is with is taking a step back. So on top of that fact, I, I'm sure it made it even twice as hard when he was like, well, you can do both, but, like, you're not going to get any time off mm-hmm. here for it. So, I mean, essentially, he just worked day and night for several weeks. Um, somebody would drive him up like they... They drove him in, I believe they said, a station wagon that had a mattress in the back. He would just sleep there. Um I, I'm wondering how many times he's like, wait, am I on the TV show or the movie? Hmm. What, what am I What am I doing? There, We have so much love for Back to the Future. And the story is brilliant, really. You have something something that did not stick out to me until I was older. I didn't question that this teenage boy's best friend was an older single man. And now, if, if my kids say, hey, you're going to go over to uh, so-and-so's house who... No, you're not. That's just weird. And yet it made perfect sense because Doc Brown, clearly a weird genius. I There's a part of me I'm glad I don't know, but I want to know, how did that happen? How did they become buddies? Well, Jane, uh, there's an IDW really? uh, comic book theory oh, that, that actually details how uh, Dr. Emmett Lathrop Brown and Ooh. Martin Seamus McFly uh, met. Oh, yeah. uh, so you've got this... Um, you got this kid who is friends with a, a doctor. We'll, we'll, doctor. We'll, we'll call him eccentric. And a doctor who has access to plutonium. And well, <laughs> I mean, let's 
it let's, was easier let's, than let's finger quotes plutonium has access he got some plutonium through what people would largely consider illegal means probably however like he didn't want to do anything terrible with it he just needed it to time travel exactly and i found this interesting initially they were going to time travel through a refrigerator but the producer said um kids might kids are gonna lock themselves in refrigerators and the way spielberg got around the refrigerator incident is he made it so preposterous and stupid um he they they knew after watching kingdom of the crystal skull that no one would ever get into a refrigerator because of that movie. No. Largely because Shia LaBeouf was in it. That's true. He wasn't in the fridge, though. So. Oh, that was annoying. Anyway, so a DeLorean, one of the coolest looking cars ever. I was so excited. The town where I went to college in Fredericksburg, Virginia, somebody had a DeLorean. As in, not like just for show. That's the car they drove. I mean, in as much as the Aston Martin is intertwined with the legacy of James Bond, or like when I say Knight Rider, you can instantly picture Kit. Like, I, I really want to say without the film Back to the Future, the DeLorean does not have the notoriety Mm-mm. or even like the the staying power or longevity, at least as far as like culturally without this film like mm-hmm. when i when it, it's to the point that when i see a delorean without the back thrusters on it i think it looks strange i'm like what's wrong with that delorean is that delorean broken oh it doesn't have time circuits that's why it looks strange mm-hmm. okay yeah, i'm sorry it needs Oops. to have that that's, why why can't it hover oh cars can't really do that that was in the sequel okay so, i'm sorry the story is you have uh just your regular normal kid in high school who has a very irritating family and they're all screw ups in one fashion or another. And they're, I I didn't like any of them. No, I think, I think you're meant not to like, I I think you just want to see that Marty does not have like a, a plush, like no necessarily happy life. And I mean, really the film comes down to the question, what were your parents like in high school? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you see that whenever Marty talks about his parents, like he's like, his mom is chastising him because his girlfriend calls him, and he, she, she's like, "When I was a girl, I didn't, I didn't, I never called a boy. Well, I, I never, never kissed I never, a boy. I never sat in a parked car." But it with turns a boy. out she was a, uh, you know, a bit more friendly than she let on. And you, you get to see all this stuff because I think we all have idealized versions, like of of our parents. The only thing we know is, you know, what we've told them. So, you know, Marty just assumes when his mom says this. Sure, I guess my mom was a nun whenever she was in high school. But apparently, uh, especially in this case, there was a lot of information that was left out to him. He gets to meet his parents. And I I wonder how many of us, and I think this is one of the things that made the first film so fascinating. Like, what would it be like if you Mm -hmm. got to meet, like, if you go back in time when you're in high school and, you know, you hang out with your dad when you're 17 and he's 17, like, what would it be like? What what would your you know what would it be like hanging out with your mom? And it at was that so age? clever to me to be old enough to get the jokes. But you know he comes in and he wants to wants to have a tab. It's like well we don't have tabs here. We're not a bar, and he doesn't know what time it is. All and right, what, well just give me a Pepsi free. You uh, you, you want a Pepsi, kid? You're going to pay, pay for it. it. Like and who's president? Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, the actor. You know, so all those things were just. So perfect to me. Like, it's just the the script is fun. Like, everything just it, it's 
if you just look at it as a science fiction film, like you strip all the comedy away, it's still a pretty interesting mm-hmm. science fiction concept. You strip all of the science fiction away and you just look at it as a comedy. Like it's a really mm-hmm. funny movie. Like the the danger like is re- it's not okay like uh to to use just a random comedy like dumb and dumber i never felt danger in that movie like uh, i when when back to the future gets serious like when people are being erased from existence when the mm-hmm. lightning bolt might not strike at the right point the delorean doesn't get the gigawatts sent into the flux capacity like the stakes are real in that movie the comedy is right. is honest and funny like the drama or just the 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 concept of interacting with your parents when they don't know who you are and you're sitting there going this is not the way it was represented to me mm-hmm. as a as a child you're listening to parental guidance suggested brought to you by Hinson Oakley family dentistry jane ellen talking with adam cravens about movies of note back to the future what a great movie i loved it that they put huey lewis in it just it's just one it's just one more layer of fun and it it's all the better that like even the startup riff that he's doing is to Huey Lewis's mm-hmm. Power of Love. So it's even better when Huey Lewis, who at that point like is a pretty large mm-hmm. star, is the one to tell Marty, um, guys, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to. You're, you're just too darn loud. Like that. I mean, that's like you know ACDC, like ha- having one of the band members there and just being like wow guys this is a little outrageous you need to mm-hmm. tone it down or you know kiss like being told guys your costumes are kind of gaudy like that's a little over the top can we can we bring it down a little just mm-hmm. it's there's so many layers to that film that even after having watched it as many times as i have we're coming up on the the 30 well i mean we're past the 35th anniversary but I still find things in that movie that I haven't noticed yet. And I it's not like it, it's not from lack of me viewing the film or like reading about the film. Like it's just they packed that thing full of everything. And I mean not just that, but like the the sequels as well. Like they're just they're really well crafted, mm-hmm. particularly the first one. And so much so that in more current movies and TV shows, they're always referenced as is this kind of like Back to the Future? Do we have a flux capacitor? I mean I know that you tell me an M-class planet isn't real, but I, I'm i almost convinced a flux capacitor is real. Well, I mean, even uh, the uh, last year's Avengers Endgame, like, which also heavily tied in to the concept of time travel. Mm-hmm. That bit where, uh, what is it, uh, Ant-Man. War Machine, Ant-Man, and Hulk are all having the discussion about it, like... <laughs> the, the line when Paul Rudd goes, Back to the Future was full... Of- and like, I, I busted. It, it made in me so theater. happy. And what's even better, um, apparently, the the guy who did the uh, was the composer on Avengers Endgame, Alan Silvestri, also was the composer for Back to the Future. <gasps> oh. After he watched, because I mean, he has to score the film, so he watches it to make sure it all works. He just he saw that, and I, I guess like he he came up to the directors and he goes, "Guys, you you know I'm going to get some crap for that, right?" He's like, R- "Robert Zemeckis still." <laughs> Still, still talks to me on a. Re- people are going to watch this movie. You know that, right? Right. It's just that. That, that was, I think, my favorite exchange in or, Endgame. Or when Paul, when he, and he's like diehard. Wait, no, that's not a time travel. That's just a good movie. It's just a good movie. <laughs> Paul Rudd. We love him in everything. I, even though he's not in the film that we're talking about. No. But if he was, we'd we'd love it I'd more. Love it. And that's again not the film we're talking about, but the Ghostbusters thing with Paul Rudd. What's happening with that? The uh, being released next year. 
I, I'll pay 50 shiny dollars to stream it right now. Well, or you can get Disney Plus to stream it for you for $30 if you're Mulan. <laughs> I... I, I, I understand, like, their situation, um, and I understand, like, that I was already supposed to have gotten to see the new Ghostbusters movie, but on the flip side of it, like, all right, let's say after everything's factored in, like, my DVDs, my Blu-rays, my digital, um, my streaming, my deals, like, with television and your box office at the theater, like, let's say at the end of the day, that was going to be, like, $1.5 billion, the, th- the theatrical runs usually make a hefty chunk of change. Like, let's let's say that you are now cutting out $700 million out of your profits. Like, do you do it now? Do you send it to streaming so that people can do it and you can get some of it? Or what if you just wait and now you get all of it? Or maybe people are so starved for new entertainment, you get even more of it. And I mean, l- listen, I... Ghostbusters is the other film that I know way too much about. Like have you know, mm-hmm. have the McDonald's toys, like the 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 video games, the The McDonald's the toys that no one is allowed to play with. Oh no, 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 not even me as a child. That's <laughs> craziness. So what Back to the Future did was it we all imprinted on it, really. I mean, there's just it's it's quotable. It like, influenced movie makers. It has stayed with us, it holds up. And it makes for great comedy when you start to really look at what's going on. It's some funny stuff. It's like, oh, it'll be funny. And then the mom will come on to her son. And, oh, it's hilarious. Now, the, <laughs> one of the best bits of that is how many like studios rejected that. Mm-hmm. Um, Universal, who at the, that time was making like your really raunch, like a, I think Animal House had come out a couple of years before that. And they're just like, this thing's tame. This is family entertainment. Like we're doing, we're, we're pushing the envelope with our stuff here. Uh, so that they're like, go take the thing to Disney. This is theirs. And they're like, one of your side stories is about the mother trying to sleep with the son. I don't want your incestuous sci-fi <laughs> comedy. Why don't you take it to over to universal? They're making smut over there. Go to the smut factory. That is universal. And they, they're just like, what 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 are we like? Are we are, smut factory? Are we fit? What is it? And I, I think that's one of the things that made the the movie kind of connect with so many people because like there th- there are some like jokes in there that kind of push it, but it's also perfectly fine to watch with your you know your oh, grandmother. Yeah. Like the, it's it's a four quadrant film before anybody went out and tried to make before four quadrant films mm-hmm. were a thing. This film was for everyone. And then something that became the norm, and correct me if I'm wrong, and they knew you will, uh, Back to the Future 2 and 3 shot at the same time. It wasn't the only film to do it, but it seemed to popularize it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Three Musketeers uh, had done it a couple mm-hmm. years before. A lot of films that had done it before shot back to back to back. They were very uh, cheap and of lesser quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of the first times that you see a major studio film. And part of this was the original script for Back to the Future 2 called Paradox was given to the head of Universal at the time. It involved the future. It involved the Wild West, involved them going back to the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is a $60 million movie. I can't shoot this thing and make money. Mm-hmm. He's like, can, what... What can you cut out of it? So instead of cutting out of it, they just come back, added more to it, and they go, listen, good news is um, I've I've trimmed the budget of Back to the Future 2. 
Um, the other good news is Back to the Future 3 can be released six months later in the summer because we're going to shoot him back to back. And he's like, what the heck is Back to the Future 3? I We haven't even started Back to the Future 2 yet. But that's kind of – there were so many ideas mm-hmm. in that, and, like, they loved all of them. And Universal like, – like I said, you can't – you're making three or four – like, going to the future, going to the past – Going to the extreme past, like also having 1985, you've got a flying Delore, like all of this. We're also going to crash a train off this. They're just like, these ideas are expensive. Guys, you understand we have to pay for this. So Zemeckis and Gale just both basically just went, okay, well, instead of this being two hours, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll extend this here. We'll put that there. So wait a minute. When, when, uh, Doc is shot by the guys in the van, he already knows that Marty is going to write to him from the 50s and knew it the whole time that night. Right? Not until he did it. That doc had not experienced that, like, reverberation in the time loop. But after doc... Did the first time you see it at the beginning of the movie, he hasn't. It's not a predestination theory. But once Marty does it, when he goes back to the 1950s, he creates a new timeline that he then travels to. That doc is like invested in that, but it doesn't operate under the theory that you've already done it. You have to do it in order for it to create a ripple in the timeline. But once you go to the future from that point in time, you will see the the effect of your ripple in the timeline. <laughs> I trust me. I, listen, I could I could teach a college level class <laughs> on on fake time travel like dynamics. Oh wow! Wouldn't it be funny if it all turned out to be not fake? And I was an expert in time travel. Yeah, oh, man, oh man. Just <laughs> be like, see, I didn't waste my time, mom. <laughs> you know, the prophets never believed their own people. I'd be like Van Gogh, like yeah, not appreciated while I was alive. They'll be like, mm-hmm. look at all this stuff he did and said. He he was far beyond his time, which is funny because he was an expert in time travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many. That's what I I loved about this movie and many movies that have that to it. It just entertains me for when my mind needs to be entertained. It's like, oh, what would I do? Would I write a letter to my future self to say, invest in Apple stock? Would I, yes. Like, do you take advantage of it? Yes. Like, what, what do you do when you have the ability to alter? Like, and it was funny because I was watching uh, Back to the Future Part 2 with my kids, like, not too long ago. And basically, my seven-year-old was, they said paradox. And he goes, Dad, what's a paradox? So I go, okay. Let's pretend that I go back in time and I cut off my right hand. But the hand that I used to cut off my right hand in the past is my right hand. So now I don't have my right hand. So I can't cut my hand off. I said, but now that I haven't cut my hand off, I have my hand back and I can go back in time and I can cut off my right hand. Except, man, he's just like... His mind exploded. Oh, man, I smoke started like coming out of there. I was like... <laughs> You know, they're, oh, what did you do with the kids today? Well, expand. I explained to Canyon what a paradox was. And yeah. Just like, what What father does it? Why don't you just play catch with the kids? No, like, we need to know about this. Make sand castle something. Like, you, paradox? What? That's important. So anyway, back to the future. If you have not watched it recently, please do. Just- I mean, and if you've got the extra time, although these sequels... When I say they are inferior, I don't mean it in an insulting way. I just mean the first is a bona fide classic in the yeah. same way that like E.T., 
Jaws. And uh, another thing I've known about the first, it's just a tetch over an hour and a half. Oh, it's yeah, it's brisk. So that's what makes it. You don't have time to think, wait a minute, why is he friends with that guy? You know, it just it goes, 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 goes. And sometimes I think filmmakers need to remember that. In in the same way that the Lord of the Rings basically picks up every time after the last film dropped off, Back to the Future also did this. So if you're if you're going to sit down and you're going to commit, you know, an hour and some change to Back to the Future, you could do a whole lot worse things cinematically. Mm-hmm. Um then we'll also watch Back to the Future two and three in the same same sitting. Like just get the get the family pack from you know like Burger King or you know like Fazoli's or wherever. Just make it make it a day, make a day of it. And it's it's shorter than watching the three extended cuts of Lord of the Rings, which we've both done. Which is, which on is more than one occasion. Which is over half a day. I I know this because I've done it. I had such a proud moment the other day. Uh, we were watching some made-for-Netflix cartoon thing, and um, Sir Ian, uh, he was voicing something, and in it, he's going blah, 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 and then he just said, fly, you fool. He was talking to a bird, and Anna Grace said, oh, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> this has made it so much better. Knowing references makes you enjoy life more. Or at the bare minimum, the show or, or movie that that you're watching it in. Exactly. So Back to the Future, you should watch it and listen to Huey Lewis, who will also make you very happy. All of it is is a feel-good package. If you're feeling bummed, Back to the Future. It's, it's a winner. It is. Thank you for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.